I know we are, we're, we're human and we have a lot of needs and uh, we look for need, that something to meet our needs and we <clears throat> look wherever we go and I know uh, one of those first uh, important basic needs I wish is not really time travel back to repair all the areas but is that sense of needing love and that sense of needing <clears throat> someone to love me and then that sense of needing freedom or security uh, being able to have a little freedom and you say well uh, just total freedom if everybody had total freedom it would be an ultimate chaos it would not you know <clears throat> you say well I want freedom I want to be able to drive as fast as I want I want to be able to take anything I see that I want or I want to be able to go anywhere I want it doesn't matter I want it well that's chaos you know there are rules and there are things that stop us and then of course having some sort of an internal strength or internal control and then an emotional peace and then the need for a knowledge of God or God esteem and we talked about <coughs> God is love I read you the verse this morning in first John the fourth chapter and the eighth verse seventh and eighth verse where it said love one another for love is of God and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God he that loveth not knoweth not God for God is love and he is the one that can fill the ache in your heart and I understand there are uh, I was raised with a loving family and I was raised with a loving mom and dad and grandparents and a, an extended family and I I appreciate all of that and yet I know there are people that weren't raised with all of that and I understand there are people that weren't didn't have the, the wonderful things that I had and yet what I'm here to tell you is not speaking from my mouth being full but knowing that there is a source that is greater than the love of a mom and the love of a dad and the love of anything else and that's the love of a God he is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother he is someone that you can call on and whenever your father and mother forsake you I'm glad God God is able to pick us up and is able to touch us and is able to strengthen us. And yet it requires me to be willing to open myself up to his love so that he can begin to heal those places in my heart. And I understand, you know, well, uh, you know, well, you have a wife and she'll love you regardless. No, I, I, I try to tell all of those young couples that I'm counseling with and premarital stuff, you can do enough that your husband or wife have to say, we got to walk away. I can't love you anymore. You've hurt me too much. You've abused me too much. You've taken advantage of me too much. You've manipulated me too I, my love is not eternal, but God's love is. 
That's why I say to you, if you can't fall in love with him and you can't return that love, then I'm, I, you can't love anybody because he's perfect. And, and you've got to tap into that very sense that God is love. And I know <clears throat> my wife told me when I said that this morning, she said immediately the song, All You Need Is Love, began to hum through her mind. And I, so I'm, I've started it up now for all of you. Uh, you know, all you need is love. And yet the world is looking for it in all the wrong places. That's another song. The only place you can find that kind of love is when you realize what he did for you at Calvary. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but God loved us and died for us. What a privilege that is to feel that kind of love. And I know you may say, well, I don't understand. You know, and I can point to you to several people that brother Joseph, that uh, who, whose brothers hated him and, and whose, uh, you know, his dad set him up and they sold him into slavery, expecting him to be killed, talked about murdering him. And yet there was enough of the love of God before the Holy Ghost, before baptism in Jesus' name, that he said, I can't do this. I can't sin against God. What are you talking about? I, I understand there was something supernatural that happened in that love of God. And then we, we talked about freedom and we talked about Adam and Eve and that sense of here was God who loved them so much to put them in a perfect environment, in a perfect place, in a perfect situation. And they, all they, and they would walk and talk with him every day in the cool of the garden and he was a real presence and they, they communed with God. And I know I, I've prayed a lot to the Lord and unless I open the Bible and let his word speak to me, I'm sorry, I'll just be very candid with you. This is one preacher that the Lord doesn't usually come down in an audible voice and talk to me every day. You know, outside of the word, I'm sorry. He doesn't, I don't walk with him in the cool of the day and him ask me how my day went. And maybe he does for you. God bless you. If I don't pick up the Bible and read his word, I could go months without hearing from God. Years maybe. Huh? But oh, when I have this word, then something in there, you know, all of a sudden I feel, wow, the Lord. And I can tell you, I've, yes, the Lord, I've felt the Lord quicken my mind and my heart. And I've known that was from God. That, was, that wasn't just, you know, too much broccoli last night. That was a word from God. But you know, here we go. They were in this perfect setup. Perfect, perfect, perfect. One little thing and they couldn't be loving enough to respond by saying, you know what? God doesn't want us to eat that so we won't, we just won't deal with it. One thing. The Lord didn't care what movies they watched. They didn't have movies. He didn't care anything they did. Just don't eat the fruit of one tree. And they felt cheated, shortchanged, smothered. So it's real, folks. The devil knows how to punch that button. You're not totally free. You're not free. You know, somebody's looking over your shoulder. Somebody's telling you what to do. I can't wait till I, I'm big enough to be the boss. I can't. You don't tell me. Huh? I'm five years old. I'm the boss, huh? It's all there. It's already built in us. 
You understand what I'm saying? It's there. And the enemy knows how to punch that button and you're not truly free. Oh, I can't wait till I can move out of the house. I can't wait. And I get it. I understand. We've all gone through it. And oh man, if I could just, if I, uh, you know what? I want to tell you the freedom that we have is to make a choice between two things. I'm either going to live for God today. I'm going to feel the love of God today. Or I'm going to follow after what I want to do, which won't be living for God. It'll be serving my flesh or somebody else's flesh. Amen. You say, oh, pastor, I, I, I don't want that. I, I, want, I just want to do what I want to do. I, 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 I. And I, I realize, as I mentioned this morning, every day I must remember that the only choice that I really have is either to serve God or serve somebody else. And Brother Tracy Keys this morning said, Pastor, you reminded me of a song. Everybody had a song on their mind this morning. <laughs> Who was it? Bob Dylan? You got to serve? Oh, yeah. I said, oh, yeah, I remember that song too. I mean, everybody, it must be Fourth of July singing demon now and getting into everybody's thoughts. I don't know. My wife is thinking of songs and I'm preaching about songs and Bob Dylan said, you got to, why? Because it's the truth, folks. Whether we believe all that he says or not, you got to serve somebody. And that's what, why he said, you know what? Uh, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Will I die to my I will and submit my freedom to Jesus and say, Lord, I want to be your servant. I got to do that every day. And if I, if I don't, what I do is I never truly feel free. That part of me, if I don't serve God, you know, and, and I know I, I don't want to freak anybody out, but I, I smoke as much as I want to smoke. not a part of me that wants to. I, I drink as much. I, 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 there's no part of me that wants to. But what are you talking about? Why? Because you're going daily and you're trying to say, Lord, whatever I want, I'm, you know, I'm willing to commit myself is my reasonable service. I want to serve you. I want your spirit to wash me. I want to be in your presence. I want you more than I want anything else in this world. I want your presence. I want your spirit. I want your go goodness around me and mercy. You say, oh, well, pastor, I, I don't feel free. And when you begin to feel that feeling of you're not free uh, remind the devil remind yourself listen there's only one of two choices and I get to choose one who I'm going to serve that's it who am I going to serve you say well I, I want to be able to do this and serve God. Well, I'm just so sorry. You want to eat the fruit of the tree and do your own thing? I'm sorry. Just don't work that way. You choose you this day who you will serve. And that's and it's got to come from the heart. Well, the next the next slide, the next thing, if you remember when we talked about it, was basically, oh sorry, there it is, is having that sense of an, an internal strength because it's hard sometimes to choose. You know, it's hard to choose to serve God every day. 
It's hard to choose to serve God whenever you're faced with all kind of decisions. And the devil punches the button and says, oh, you need this. And you and they're keeping this from you. It's hard. You've got to have something on the inside that says, you know, I'm going to die daily and accept God's control of my life. And yet he gives us the power to be his disciple. To be disciplined. <laughs> the internal power that I need to be an overcomer. Says in John, it says, first chapter, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. So when a person tells me, I just don't have the power to resist, I don't have the power to fight the addiction, I don't have the power to fight my flesh, I'm telling them, well, you know what? I I'm talking about resurrection power. That is able to get you up out of the grave. That is able to be a new creature in Christ Jesus. Sure, we'll, we'll meet with you. We'll have acts. We'll get accountability. But don't tell me God's not powerful enough to make you a son of God. He is on all power in heaven and earth. Principalities bow to the name of Jesus. <laughs> so, well... He goes on, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man. You can be born again of the will of God and say, Lord, I want to do your will. I, I know my flesh has a will. I know mankind has a will. But I want to do your will. Oh, that's hard. But you know what? Part of it is how you change your thinking. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Remember that verse? Well, read it in the Amplified. You read the verse in front of it and the verse after it. It kind of has a little more meaning. It says, Don't eat the bread of a selfish man or desire his delicacies. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. In behavior, he's one who manipulates. What that's meaning is be careful who you associate with and who you talk to and who you fellowship with and who you eat bread with. Because you may begin to think like they think. Oh, well, I'm just on Facebook and I'm just talking to everybody. Be careful. You're getting your information because you say, well, it's all, it's all good. It's Brother Rush, it's Brother Hannity, it's whomever. I don't care. Conservative, liberal. Be careful or you'll find yourself eating the bread of his delicacies and before long you'll be thinking like he is. I've seen too many people go through and they all of a sudden they have they develop a sense of anger and resentment. Yeah, I'm gonna, you know. He says, the morsel which you have eaten, notice he says to you, eat and drink, yet his heart's not with you, but it is begrudging the cost. The morsel which you've eaten, you will vomit up and you will waste your compliments. <laughs> we all know people who are manipulators. Huh? News media can be a manipulator. Advertisers. I really do need that Ronco ready slicer dicer. Huh? Salesman. Oh, I got something for you. Be careful who you eat bread with. Be careful who you talk to. Friends. Sometimes even family members can be a little manipulative. Oh. 
But we're supposed to have an inner strength to overcome the distress and pressure that's being applied by the world and the flesh and the devil. What are you talking about? We're supposed to have some bones inside of us that we go, I'm sorry. I, that doesn't sound just right. I'm sorry. I'm not, I, I know. I know what you're telling me. I, I get what you're, but I'm not going to be manipulated into doing what you want me to do. Why? Because I've got some kind of inner strength. I love God too much to throw that away. I have a love for God. I wish, I wish that Eve would have had the inner strength to say, devil, you don't realize. Look at all that God has given me. And look at all that, huh? Amen. Look at all the blessings that I have from God. But no, he let, she let him talk to her long enough that she was convinced he, she was missing something. Yeah, she was. She was missing pain. She was missing heartache. She was missing pain in childbirth. She was missing thorns. She was missing all kind of things. Oh, you say, what are you talking about? Well, I, I'm going to tell you what David said. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I'm helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiced. And my song will I praise him. That's why... Paul would write to Timothy, his son in the gospel, who was a preacher, and he said, I pray that you will put, you will remember something that you have been, you had the Holy Ghost. It was put in you on the laying on of hands. And I'm praying that you will think back because you don't have a spirit of fear. Oh, but COVID, oh, but this, oh, but that's going to happen. Oh, but the economy, oh, but this is what's going to happen. And the Democrats or the Republicans, oh, but you know what? God's still sitting in the driver's yeah. seat. Yeah. Don't let the devil tell you any different. He said, I pray that you will remember what was put in you and stir up the gift that was put in you by the laying on of hands. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, of love, of love, of love, of love, of power and a sound mind. Well, I don't feel loved. I, I... I don't feel like anybody cares about me. I don't feel. Are you being led by faith or are you being led by your feelings? Let me tell you what Paul told the Corinthian church. For God who commanded the light to shine in darkness has shined in our hearts. To give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side. Yet not distressed. We are perplexed. Not in despair. Persecuted not forsaken cast down not destroyed the life of Jesus might be made manifest so that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our body so that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh that's why I have some bones inside of me that are some internal fortitude that I know it might be the storm raging on the outside and things might look bad on the outside but God has never left me and he'll never leave us nor forsake us He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. I'm sorry I read the back of the book and we win. I'm sorry we're not going down as a whipped out church. We're going to rise victorious. That's the God that I serve. My bones are strong. And if you don't have those kind of bones, grab you some calcium called the B-I-B-L-E. 
Read through it again. Come to Revelation. Read what's going to happen at the end. My bones are strong. I'm not worried about this. This is the least of what's going to happen. Huh? Oh, man. You say, well, but I just need some peace, Pastor. I know. Sometimes people, when they don't have the bones, they withdraw emotionally because they've experienced so much emotional turmoil. They believe their solutions to build a wall and keep everyone out or to simply be a fake. I'm going to be fake. I don't want to be emotional. I'll just keep my emotions over here. And I, I won't get emotional with God. I won't get emotional. Oh, something will touch those emotions. Something will make you angry and all of a sudden, bam! And you'll go, where'd that come from? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Something will rise up in you. Something's going to happen that you're going to go, whoa! Wow, I got hit on the side of the head with that one. I didn't see that one coming. That's why, you know what the, how the Lord described, you know, you can't spock your way through life. Okay, you're going to be emotional. That's why you got to get emotional with the love of God. Because if you're not emotional with Him, then at some point those emotions are just a cauldron of pain. That's why the Lord was very clear when He gave Paul the word to give to the Galatian church. He said the fruit of the Spirit, what was it? Love, joy, peace. Then He goes through temperance and all this gentleness and but notice what the first three were. Love, joy, peace. You say, well, I got the Holy Ghost, but it's, I, uh, nobody loves me. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, joy. Oh, I go to work looking like, you know, I, I've been through Mudville and I lost the game. Huh? I don't want to work here. I don't like all that. Love. Joy. When people see me, they're supposed to shake my tree a little bit. What's supposed to fall off? Fruit. Love. Joy. Peace. Long-suffering, gentlemen. I mean, we can go through some more, but emotions. You say, oh, pastor, I don't like the fact they've been shaking me up at work. You see, what happens is our physical senses bring richness to our life. Our physical senses. What do I mean by that? Imagine if you couldn't see color. Imagine how poor life would be. If you had no rods in your eyes, just one little thing, and imagine everything was black and white, gray. I know that's hard to imagine, especially you that didn't live when TV first came out, when they were all black and white. It's hard to imagine, you know, just shades of gray. Imagine if you would, how difficult, and Brother Jeff Waters, was. he can tell you, talk to him tonight security thing but tell, ask him how hard is it when you can't smell or you can't taste huh how hard is it to have an appetite how hard is it to say I, I want to eat there's richness because of our physical sense, senses 
Because we can smell, because we can taste, because we can feel these things or experience all of this, you can imagine. They bring richness to us. But unfortunately, our emotions either bring richness to our life or our emotions bring us distress. And that's why when you talk about needing emotional peace, something that will bring peace whenever the world is being troubled. Why? Because emotionally I can rage and emotionally I can feel like I'm being overwhelmed and I know it's, you know, I'll either have an outburst, fight or flight or retreat, pretend, or I have a faith response and say, God, you are able. Having an emotional response to his presence is there for one reason. One reason why we're supposed to be emotional in the presence of God is so that his love can begin to wash my hurt and my anger and my feeling, my fear. Not, it's not giving us a spirit of fear. You say, well, I don't feel like prayer. I don't feel like... But that is the washing and the regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. If you try to avoid all your emotions, you know, I'm going to be on, you know, I'm not going to ever have... And I, I've seen people do that and I've also seen them and, and not, nobody here, I mean that, nobody here, but I've seen people that I call having spiritual Prozac, you know. And Prozac is an antidepressant and you just, you know, you take it and you just, oh, the life is wonderful. Oh, COVID, great. I'll have two helpings of COVID, you know, hallelujah. I, and they're just not real. Huh? You know what I'm talking about? Nobody here, everybody here has talked about how rough it is. I'm going to just avoid, I won't even talk about it. I don't want to go there. I don't want anybody to know what, how much I'm struggling. I don't want anybody to know what I'm feeling. I'm, I'm going to wall myself off and I'm going to keep my emotions in check. You won't very long until all of a sudden something breaks through and you have an eruption. That's what will happen. What are you saying? Because the Lord wants to bring peace. You see, it, 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 whenever I try to hide my emotions it brings poverty oh I, 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 but yet you know what there is a peace that's why Jesus told them his disciples before he went to Calvary before he went into the last supper what did he say to them he got his disciples together in John the 14th chapter and he said these words he said let not your heart be troubled you believe in God believe also in me in my father's house are many Many mansions uh, uh, and I go uh, if it were not so I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you that where I am you may be also and, and, and whenever he said that Thomas immediately said where are you going Lord we don't know the way and Jesus said but I am the way the truth the life you can read it in the 14th chapter and I'm the way no one cometh to the Father but by me, he said. And immediately Philip goes, oh, Father, that's a new term. I hadn't heard that one. Who is the Father? Show us the Father. And Jesus said, have I been so long with you? That you don't know he that has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus said, I have to go away so I can send the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost to you. You can read it in the 14th chapter. Then he said these words, Peace I leave.
leave unto you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives. Give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Then he goes to Calvary. He goes through the night of agony. He goes through the upper room and the Lord's Supper and all those wonderful things. And after Calvary, they're all scared. Some of them say they've seen Jesus. Some of them have said they've seen the angels and they come back together maybe in the very same room where Jesus was in the 14th chapter. Now they come back. And, and next slide, whoever's up there. Sorry, Sister Tracy. After Calvary, now. And all of a sudden, Jesus steps into the room. And they are scared to death. They think it could be a spirit. And as they spoke, Jesus stood in the midst of them. And you know what he said? Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted. And supposing they had seen his spirit and he said unto them, Why are you troubled? Why are your thoughts arise in your hearts? I already told you once, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to send you the comforter. And I've wondered how many times the Lord has tried to get my attention when I've laid there stressed, anxious, and the Lord has said, why are you terrified? Your world is not your home anyway, but I've got so many bills. I've got this. I've got... My mansion's... My home is on the other side. What are you saying? Are you saying you can fake it? No, be real. David prayed in Psalm 61, From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed, when I don't know what to do. What did he say? Lead me to that rock that is higher than I. In Psalms 143, he said, The enemy is persecuting me. There's all kind of things happening to me. They've tried to kill me. They've put me down. I'm in darkness. I've been. I've felt like I'm dead. And when my spirit is overwhelmed, my heart is desolate and yet I start remembering the days of old I meditate on all your works I muse on the works of your hands I stretch forth my hands unto thee my soul thirsteth after you like a like uh, as a thirsty land cause me to hear loving kindness I lift up my soul to you Lord I need your peace I'm telling you there is peace that passes understanding that the Lord is able to bring to you in a moment. I realize, I know, it's a few minutes after six, you guys have watched a long time. Thank you, you've been there here and you're dealing with all of this, but I just got one more, I wanna finish it. Why? Because God wants us to know him, wants to know what our purpose is. Why did God create me? What does it mean to relate to him? What is the meaning of real success? Making a million? Making two million? Making 20 million? Making a hundred million? What does it mean to be separated from God because of sin? Why about suffering? What is the character of God? Those questions begin to bombard us. And you feel like I haven't been successful. I haven't made it and my emotions get all tied up and, and I forget the love of God. And, 
Romans says, because that when they knew God, they were not, may have known God is manifest in them, for God showed it to them for the invisible things of creation. Because that when they knew God, they didn't glorify him as God, neither were thankful. Oh God, help me never to lose my ability to say thanks. Help me to never lose my ability to remember how good you've been to me. Why? Because that's going to keep me. And whenever the more I know about God, that keeps me whenever it feels like the bottom's dropped out. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable. What are you saying? You, can you know God? No, that's why I just keep reading the Bible and I keep listening to the Bible and I keep studying the Bible. Is because it's always like something brand new I'm finding in the Word of God. What are you doing? Why are you doing that? Why do you go to church so much? Why do you like all of that? Because by me finding out and figuring out who God is, it keeps me emotionally stable. When the wind starts blowing and the enemy starts attacking my mind and my heart, I'm able to say, yes, but I remember what, what happened to Samson and I remember what happened to Daniel and I remember, huh? All of a sudden, I begin to realize the purpose of God in my life. He said, for all those things were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of Scripture, might have hope. Oh, God. That's why my wife sang the song tonight that she told you about when she heard her dad saying how bad life was and what was going on. And all of a sudden, because... Oh, when Egypt, when they were in Egypt, God brought them out. Dad, God's able to bring you out. I read it. I believe it. My faith is in God. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen to me tomorrow. I don't know what the doctor's going to say next week. But one thing I do know there are boys that faced a fiery furnace they were able to look at a wicked king say oh king we don't know what's going to happen when we get in that place but one thing we do know God is I don't know but I've got some knowledge of God I've seen too many times in his word where in the nick of time when it was past time when there was no way of supernaturally figuring it out that all of a sudden God step in on the scene. You say, oh, well, but you don't understand. <laughs> and I realize, you know what? I don't have to prove anything to anyone here on earth. Amen. I'm sorry. I, yes, I, I want to do my best to be a good pastor and have a good sermon and all that. But... I, I'm going to just tell you, and I love all of you, but you're not my final judge, folks. Right. You can judge me tomorrow and say, it's time for you to hit the road, Pastor. I'm, that, whatever. Hallelujah. You're not my final judge. Yeah. I'm playing to an audience of one. Yeah. Guess what? I'm not your final judge either. Yeah. You know who you're going to stand before one of these days? <laughs> 
Oh, you say, this is the one that created me. This is the one that brought me out of darkness into this marvelous light. Oh, I want to learn more about him. I want to learn of God. I, and you're here on a Sunday night. I'm preaching to the choir. I know, we, you know, Sunday morning, Wednesday night, most of you are here on all those things. But you know why we're here? It's not because, oh, you just feel like you got to go to church. No, it's because I love him so much. I want to read his word. I want to know about him. I want to get to know him. No one had to tell me, well, you need to call that girl that you're dating. You need to talk to her every once in a while anyway. Once a week, once a year, once a month, it'll be all right. No, I loved her. I wanted to talk to her. How much more do I love him? Oh, well, pastor, that's, you're, you're trying to make us pray every day. You're just trying to make us read the Bible. I'm not making you do anything. I'm not your judge. But there ought to be some kind of need in there that says I love God enough. That's why Paul would say, Timothy, study. Because I want you to be a good scholar. No. He said, study to show thyself approved to God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the words. Well, hallelujah. I'm sorry. I, I went over. Let's stand. We're here on a Sunday night. I know. Typhon and young marriage are going somewhere, but I'm here to tell you reason why I'm opening this book, the reason why I try to study is because I want to know him. I want to know him because my knowledge of him is what will keep me. When the storms are raging, when things like feel like the bottom's dropped out, if I know him, I've got my feet on solid rock in the midst of every storm. Why? Oh, let's just praise Him. If you need the Holy Ghost, come. You want to pray up front? Come. We're going to just pray. Hallelujah!